Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm open to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. What a waste of five weeks, $610 million, and the absolute explosion of the division across the country. The election just wrapped up. Uh, Justin Trudeau did not get his coveted majority government that he was hoping for. He instead got served another minority government, essentially like four seats changed hands over the past yeah, five weeks, this, this election cycle. Uh, this episode, by the way, is going to be short because it's late. It's last minute. I tried to wait until the election results were in. Again, not every single riding is completely decided yet because they're still waiting on mail-ins and special ballots. But essentially, it, it doesn't change the difference that the liberals and Trudeau are going to have another minority government. Now, he said before this election that if he did not get his majority, we would be repeating this exercise in futility in another 18 months so that he could try again. So that's exciting. That's something to look forward to. We get to do this whole clown show again. But, you know, again, $610 million lighter in the wallet and uh, nothing to show for it except for more division and, you know... um, Probably a swelling national anger, if I'm being honest. So, uh, what what is going to change now? I have no idea. Because Trudeau argued that the reason for this election was an obstructionist oppositional government, which could not be farthest from the truth. Uh, Again, I'm not going to bore you guys with a long political episode, but uh, he basically had the the easiest reign as a minority prime minister ever because the NDP, which is the other farther left party than the liberals, uh, were just signing all of his checks. You know, he, he essentially just handed them a bill. They'd sign it. Boom, you're good. All he needed was their support to, to, to push stuff through parliament. So again, he didn't really face any opposition except for when it came to investigations into his multiple ethics scandals. So <laughs> I think he's, I think I had read correctly that he's the only sitting prime minister to ever have multiple ethical violations as a prime minister. Um, We're also, here's a fun fact for Canada, we're also apparently going farther into the deficit by roughly $424 per day. That's per day. I can't wait to give that bill to my kids on their 18th birthday. God, they're going to be excited to see how much they have to pay for this generation's absolute stupid overspending. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm a little bit fired up because, um, well, the election didn't go the way I wanted it to, but, you know, that's democracy. I don't, I don't really have an argument against that. I just, it's still frustrating. <laughs> um, but more than anything, I, again, so the question was really asked, why? Right from the drop of the hat on this snap election, that question was asked to all the big parties. It was kind of, you know, it was circulated through the, the news pages, through the newspapers. Like, that was the big question is, Why? And it became pretty clear uh, pretty quickly. All this was about was Trudeau getting his majority government. Hence the threat that if he doesn't get his majority government, we're going to do this again in 18 months. So 
that was the whole point of this election. So looking back at it, I think four or five seats changed hands uh, between the, the major parties, and we have the exact same result. So again, just a massive waste of time for everybody involved. Probably the only lasting legacy of this election cycle is going to be the absolute can of gasoline that was poured on just the the overall social feeling in Canada. You know, I mean, people were already frustrated, pretty angry. Like the, there was a pretty healthy fire stoked already. Well, then you get you throw an election cycle in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of what was apparently the deadliest fourth wave of this whole shit show that we've been going through. Um, and now you're just, you're pouring kerosene on that fire. Like it has gotten pretty ugly. Th this, um, again, I think that's going to be the lasting legacy of this election in 2021. Um, it's just, you know, how much deeper those divides have grown, uh, how they were inflamed by, you know, probably all the par party leaders. I mean, to me, again, the one who did the most was Trudeau. Uh, as he's been very good at doing. I mean, I've talked to old timers at work or different customers that we've had, and I just, I like to talk about this kind of stuff, right? I like to get a feeling of uh, more how it's felt in Canada in, in history, how things are changing, how things are, you know, evolving as we go along. And I, I like to pose the question, especially to older people of, you know, does Canada feel differently nowadays? Have you ever experienced kind of division or the social outrage that we're experiencing nowadays? You know, is this is this a one-off? Is this something that's happened before? Yada, yada, yada. And every single response is that I have never experienced Canada to be like this ever. And so, you know, that speaks volumes when you start to get a unanimous response back to that question. And so it makes me feel like I'm not crazy because, and again, you know, I'm in my 30s, so what kind of a scope do I really have as far as how how Canadian political discourse has been over, you know, over history? I have none. So I like to ask people, but it is interesting to me because it really does feel that way. And over the past five weeks, like I said, it was like pouring a can of kerosene on the fire because it is just, it's through the roof. I mean, you looked through Trudeau's campaign, I mean, especially in British Columbia, and I think it was in the Vaughan riding in Ontario, but in BC, he was literally chased out of the streets on multiple occasions where protesters were just screaming at him, running after him like his, you know, him and his Secret Service bodyguards there are all just quickly moving, getting to their uh, their little cars and running off, right? Like uh, he got chased out of town. <laughs> and I think in Vaughn, somebody threw gravel at him, which, you know, like... I kept seeing people being like, oh, that's awesome. Ha 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 ha. Like, take that. To me, that is a deeply disturbing sign of the times in Canada. Like, I dislike Trudeau. I dislike his messaging. I dislike his brand of politics. I dislike just about everything about him as a leader. But I would never throw something at him. Because, again, like, that's that just speaks to a whole nother level that Canada is is kind of reaching here. Like, you know, to my American listeners, you guys are going to go, oh, well, what are you talking about? That's a Tuesday. But in Canada, I mean, that's that's different. Like, I uh, I don't know. I've never experienced uh, a, level, a level of kind of political uh, fire, I guess, like that, where it's just, it's this fever pitch. I've never experienced it. I, I didn't really think that I ever would. Like, to see, yeah, to see gravel thrown at 
even a you know even Justin Trudeau was a massive surprise to me. I, I didn't see that coming. That I it's a little bit disturbing. And again, I don't like the guy, but that's just not a good sign as far as political discourse in Canada. We shouldn't be resorting to throwing shit at this the sitting prime minister. So. Uh, again, though, the division has been nuts, right? Like uh, a lot of the talk and I'm, I promise I'm not going to go heavy into this because it seems to be consuming this whole podcast feed. And I, I apologize for this. Um, but it's, it's really, it's a very heavy topic in BC right now, ever since the the vaccine mandates have gone into play. So it's going to permeate into a lot of my episodes. I apologize, but it's, it's something that's been going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, Trudeau's rhetoric when it came to you know, the rights of the vaccinated are going to be, you know, put ahead of, you know, what the unvaccinated are able to do. And again, going right towards a tiered society. It's funny because six to nine months ago, he had very explicitly said there would never be vaccine passports or mandates because of the divisive nature of what would follow with them. I mean, he was right. Uh, The division is through the roof in Canada right now. And he's, again, he's the one there lighting a match, tossing more matches on this fire. In his press conferences, he's talking about it. In, uh, you know, uh, anybody who talks down to him, there was one one person in a crowd who I, I can't remember what they said, but his response was, don't you have a, a hospital to go protest? Like just saying that anybody who opposes him is obviously this dirty you know, disgusting anti-vaxxer, some subhuman, and that they, you know, should be off protesting some hospital somewhere. And uh, again, this rhetoric coming out of the leader of a nation is concerning. I, you know, I, I think it'd be concerning to anybody, you know, whatever. And again, though, this is the scary part. So, okay, before I get kind of get into this, I'll just give a little bit of a backstory. So this week, I... Went out to one of these anti-mandate rallies just to kind of see what it was about. It was in Vancouver. It was a fairly large one, right? It's a bit of a drive for me, but I do think it's important to kind of, you know, show strength in numbers, to show some sense of solidarity here. And uh, when I got there, I mean, adding again to the divide and the dehumanization, this, you know, both sides of this are guilty. Like, you know, I'm not trying to do any finger wagging. It's just, it's frustrating to see, right? Like, you know, the the anti-mandate crowd will have signs saying stuff like you know derogatory stuff towards people who have chosen to get vaccinated calling them sheep or calling them stupid whatever it is right like you know and look there's a healthy share of crazies there too all right i'm i'm not (laughs) i'm not delusional but anyway so they've got these signs and to me it's so hypocritical so for one it's gonna do nothing to draw people to you know to to feel sympathy for you it's not um, all it's doing is sowing more division. And it's very hypocritical to critique somebody's decision of what they choose to do with their body or inject into their body when you're arguing just that you are allowed that same choice. So you can't you can't be pissed off at somebody just because they chose to take the vaccine. Like, that, that's hypocritical. It's a stupid position to take. This argument over, this mandate argument should not be an argument of vaccines, vaccine efficacy, masks or mask efficacy. This isn't an anti, this shouldn't be a pro or anti-mask or pro or anti-vax argument. This should specifically be an argument for the fundamental human right to bodily autonomy. That's all it comes down to to me. 
you know, you can be, you can hold the opinion that everybody should get vaccinated. I have no problem with that. That's, again, that's totally fine. The, my line in the sand is when you say everybody must be vaccinated, you know, because then it's no longer my body, my choice. It's your body, my choice, right? It, which, again, that, that part of the argument seems to be lost on the people who are pushing for this mandate. But again, there's hypocrisy on both sides. So I'm not, I'm not trying to do finger wagging. I just think it's stupid. So, and again, another, another maybe, I don't know, doublespeak-ish thing going, that's been going on here recently. Uh, just the other day, the BCNU, so the BC Nursing Union, their president uh, abruptly stepped down in the middle of, you know, this argument for nurses being mandated to take the vaccine. And her statement, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but was, you know, is this an emergency where we need all hands on deck? And keep in mind that BC is already facing a nursing shortage. And I think, I believe the stat that I read was by 2029, we're expected to be 24,000 nurses short across the province. So we're, we're in a big time, you know, we need more nurses. and uh, We're already short staff as it is. So her argument was, you know, is this a situation where we need all hands on deck? Or are we in a position that we can afford to fire nurses that don't decide to be vaccinated? It's a fair argument. Because to me, again, it's it's, a, it's an important question to ask. And it's something that maybe exposes some of what's going on here. Because look, I'm not, again, it's just, it's just this idea of a little bit of overstep on personal rights, on, again, individual human rights. Um, like I said, this should all be targeted at the fundamental human right to bodily autonomy. I don't have an argument against vaccines. I don't care to have that argument. But... To me, everybody should be allowed to choose. That's the important point. That's the line in the sand. But anyway, so Trudeau has been tossing fire or tossing gasoline on this fire, this whole campaign trail. And then he said in his, you know, acceptance speech as the sitting prime minister, something along the lines of, you know, I'm here to fight for every Canadian. We are unified, blah, 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 blah. All the stuff you'd expect some prime minister to say. But just being completely blind to the rhetoric he's been using for the past five weeks and ultimately leading up to that too. So, you know, it's a uh, confusing time in Canada. I am not going to lie. It's, uh, it's a little bit unnerving. You know, I've, I've never experienced um, just social discourse to be this tense. Uh, the, the level of division and dehumanization going on is quite frankly, worrying to me. Uh, you can probably hear it in just the general tone and messaging in the last few episodes. You know, I think, uh, again, I think history is a, a very important tool for us to learn from. You don't have to draw direct lines, and I'm not trying to repeat myself from the episode two weeks ago. Or I guess it was last week. I just released two episodes last week. But uh, it's important. We got to learn from that kind of stuff. So anyway, I... Uh, that's going to be it for this week. It was just more of a shorter episode, a bit of a election reaction. And again, now we got to gear up for we've got anywhere between 18 and 48 months till this whole clown show gets repeated. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I think, uh, yeah, this this election cycle, I mean, who knows? You know, in 18 months, we'll be doing this in the middle of the eighth wave. That'll be the deadliest wave ever. And, uh, you know, it'll just be more divisive rhetoric, more shit throwing, more dehumanization, more division. You know, we've got to 
we've got to kind of come together a little bit, you know? Remember what makes us Canadians, or not even just Canadians, what makes us humans, like the humanity in all of us. That's really what's important here. And again, you know, that's when it comes down to this argument on the mandate, that's what it's, that's what the argument is. It's for the fundamental human right to bodily autonomy, you know? Um, coercion is not informed consent, ultimately, is what this comes down to, right? And y that's it. So I'm not going to get into that again. I've fucking spent more than enough time on COVID. It's just one of those things that's dominating, you know, discussion here in BC right now. So uh, anyway, thanks again. Uh, the election was a complete waste of time and taxpayers' money. That's my closing thoughts. And, uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, you know, you've probably noticed over the past five weeks that uh, the mood on the podcast hasn't exactly been that high. Uh, I think that was a lot just impacted by just the dragging down of an election cycle. Like, it's just garbage. It's just divisive. It's it's frustrating. It's uh, So anyway, hopefully we're heading on to um, greener pastures here as far as the podcast goes. I don't have much hope for <laughs> Canada in the next 18 months, but maybe on the podcast we'll start to focus on something a little bit better and brighter. So... I'll, uh, I'll try to stop reading the World War II, you know, um, history books and maybe get into something that's a little bit more uplifting, but I'm not making any promises at this point, so either hang in with me or don't, but um, hope you guys all have a great day. Again, recognize the humanity in each other and uh, say no to dehumanization. And, oh, if you think that would make a good shirt, let me know, because personally, I do. Have a good one. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.